Inquiry, Urban Elective, X, Seattle Sucks, colon, How to Avoid the Seattle Freeze, Class? Hello, Greg. I am so fucking confused. <laughs> well, uh, just bear with me here. Hello. Talk. <laughs> Hello, my internet girlfriend. No, just <laughs> Hello, Greg, Brian, and Colin. I'm reaching out on behalf of Urban Elective. We host classes at local breweries, wineries, and restaurants that are focused on providing trendy, Sounds affordable enough. education to local millennials. <laughs> <laughs> you they advertise themselves as trendy that's like it's uh, yeah it's that's like people won't know you're cool if you don't tell them <laughs> <laughs> that's what being cool is mm-hmm. i'm reaching out to you because we thought you might be a good fit to teach one of our classes specifically we thought a class on seattle sucks how to avoid the seattle freeze or some variation of this could be interesting. Um, avoid? Uh, I think we'd Embrace. be experts on embracing yeah. Seattle yeah. Freeze, if anything. Well, I feel like we know they've listened to at least ten minutes of one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you mean this bot, like, transcribed yeah. ten minutes yeah. of, this episode, of an episode. Um, okay, alright, is there more to this pitch here? Well, yeah, so here's the facts. The fast facts you need to know about Urban Elective. If we elect to... <laughs> Be trendy and urban. Which we will. Which we definitely will, because we love local millennials. Yep, we're teaching a class. And we need to affordably educate them. Honestly, this is, I mean, this podcast isn't making us much money so far, so... Well, wait till you hear this. Classes run six weeks at a time, for two hours each week. Okay, that kind of, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> but we pay you $50 an hour to teach for us. Uh... Exclusive of material fees. Courses take place all over Seattle. You create your own syllabus, course materials. You will be given the emails of all your students after the end of the quarter. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Wait, I'm exclu- I want to go back to exclusive of material fees. Uh, Meaning that they'll also pay for material expenses. Ooh. I'm definitely in. I could use more pens. Um... But, okay, so that's like 600 bucks for each of us, or we split between the three of See, us? See, that's what I would No, it's definitely like 50 bucks a class, like, period. Yeah. Like, $50 will show up to so whoever shows up an that hour, day. But, like, so it's two-hour classes. It's so dollars a week for yeah. six weeks. Can we get a whiteboard? I need a whiteboard. I imagine I probably, we would have a whiteboard. Um, they probably, like, have that in their little kit. But this is, seriously, this is like when David Brent does <laughs> the, um, does that that like business class where he like puts his like hat on backwards and e- exits to simply the best or whatever. <laughs> uh, the, okay, who would sign up for a class like this? I don't know. I, I guess mean, this is like very I this must be like a South Lake Union thing, right? Well, like it says this, all over Seattle. Yeah, okay. They're clearly not recouping their $50 though. It seems pay, the, the, it, what they paid us. It seems you. unlikely. This is like a, it's going to be a bunch of like coders who are like from out of town who are like I want to learn about making friends. <laughs> yeah. I I'm not even joking right now. We should do this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a strong way okay. in support of doing right. this class. Um, what, what would your class be on, Brian? 
Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> how and on the bus to be the most annoying motherfucker <laughs> on the bus by not moving forward when the bus is full and other people are trying to get on. Or stalking people on Tinder. <laughs> I would, I would want to teach people how to make, um, to punish native Seattleites for their really weird antisocial behavior on the Fuck sidewalk. you, traitor. By, by, um... When you're walking down the sidewalk in a neighborhood, just act like a normal human being would anywhere else in the world and smile. And if you're really, really have, like, nerves of steel, like, wave and say, hello or good afternoon as no, you walk don't. by. Make Try to make mm-hmm. eye contact with yeah. them. And it's funny because if you don't do that, what what they'll do as they're walking along is... Just about the time, you know, you would normally make eye contact, they'll be like, oh, look at that tree up there. Or, oh, what's wrong with my shoes right now? Or, what's that in the gutter? Like, very, you know, if they have a dog, they'll look down at it. You I know? just always take my phone out and pretend like I got a text. Wow. That is really <laughs> Also, hardcore. for our longtime listeners, this is the second time you're probably hearing this bit. <laughs> that's probably true. Okay, but, if so that's what they do if you don't, do anything, and what you do if you smile and nod at them or say hello is what the, what the way they react is by doing exactly the same thing as if you didn't say or do anything. That's right. <laughs> and, but but you know deep inside they are made very uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good. I don't I don't like it. <laughs> well, your real clash should be how to make friends by starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What? It is oh, working. It is working. Well, I yeah. hung out with Bezos Town today. If you you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard us mention Bezos Town. So hopefully you've been following his account. Yeah, please um, do that now. Basically, doing it. Bezos Town account is like imagine a crank like with a bunch of Google alerts for everything to do with Amazon and Jeff Bezos and that's like a service that we have used and need in this world and in this city someone just watching every possible story and tweeting about it and i guess you know it's been such a such a trial that he's he's taking a vacation from Bezos town yeah well he's and, earned it for sure yeah he has mm. he's put in the work um and so now he's so everyone should go now go follow him at wild world news is that what's the app um, I will find it. But anyway, yeah, I hung out. I'm, I saw I met the rabbits and the uh, the entire zoo of animals um, over at his house. So, yeah. Well, and people who are familiar with the show will know too that it's canon that uh, nobody on the show's friends with Greg, and that <laughs> yeah. includes Bezos Town. Actually, that is, that is yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> me and Colin were fast friends. Greg left out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to have lived in Texas to be a real friend. Uh, so the yeah. at is Wild World News. Okay, cool. Um, uh, so wait, what would your did you yeah, what's your, say class? your class? Well, so my idea is that we would say that we're gonna do this, and then we just wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the perfect lesson. That in Seattle is yeah. fucking good, dude. Yeah. Or or. <laughs> Respond with something really non-committal that makes them think we're gonna do it, and then again, yeah. just just never go. <laughs> just be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, like, How oh, sure, I, I think we could do that. Yeah, I'm, we might. 
be free, uh, just send us the information. No, no, we want them to put a date on the calendar because we want people to show up for this <laughs> class. Yeah, well, yeah, to do it right, we'd have and to... And just be dashed and just be like, we have to oh. affirm. But to be steadfast, committed to the bit, you have to pretend to be enthusiastic about <laughs> it with no intention of ever going. Oh, okay, to take it to the next level, we would then actually sign up for the class. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, you know, but under assumed names or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. two of us should be shills. So that, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. then we, all three of us can show up and just oh be in the class God. and watch them go like, I'm sorry, um, we can't get a hold of our... And mm-hmm. then try and salvage it from there. And No, it would just be a really sad waste of time. Um, this is funny to talk about, but let's please not do this. <laughs> all, all right, right. time for a little it's game theory. <laughs> so something that's really cool before we move on is uh this urban elective company seems to be based out of la and their marketing tagline is life is your school <laughs> <laughs> then why do i need to pay you to learn anything <laughs> school life motherfucker because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds know. like a, a brew pub is your school, is their pitch. I'm already picturing first day of class, one of us, whoever's teaching comes in, we sit down with all the other students. We complain, where's the teacher at? Where's the teacher at, right? <laughs> As it starts to, you know, the uproar gets bigger and bigger, you stand up, you turn your baseball cap from backwards to forwards, <laughs> and you go... I am the teacher. <laughs> that just blow your minds. I was the teacher the whole <laughs> time. <laughs> the way, that's, that's, that, that's the that's the, the class. Get, get out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've just been a part of a happening. <laughs> oh. Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, the podcast about hating the city we love. I'm Colin, Greg's here too, and Brian is here as well. Captain Brian. Captain Brian is here. <laughs> no, dude. Greg uh, lost his captainship in a vicious, brutal Memorial Day mutiny. He had to walk the plank. There was vomit, I think I heard. Tiki, tiki drinks. <laughs> only, <laughs> only two of those things are true. <laughs> It was a punchy coup. But yeah, we're here. We're back. We, uh, it sounds like we might be teachers now. Mm-hmm. We all the, have new jobs. In the school of life. Because uh, you guys won't sign yeah. on to the Patreon. We all have new yeah, jobs. We gotta hustle. This is our side hustle. Mm-hmm. Our side side hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Is that like a second derivative of, uh, of yeah. working? No, uh, it goes, it, it's like a, it's in a different dimension, though. <laughs> I mean, this has been a really big week since um, we spoke to Christopher. All kinds of wild things have happened, but one thing that I found particularly funny, I guess, <laughs> was the Amazon shareholder vote. Okay, yeah. Did you guys see that? Yeah, uh, only a little bit. It's always hilarious when people try. <laughs> Well, I'm just not sure what they were expecting. So, if if you weren't uh, 
paying attention to this, and there's been a lot of Amazon news, but this this was a pretty big story. They had their was it annual shareholders meeting where the shareholders and other sounds like employees because they're shareholders can bring up their ideas for how to improve the school, like. Uh, there will be a new snack machine. Yeah, on no, every it's, floor. it's really like it's like Futurama, where like the custodian just stands up and complains about his bucket or whatever. Like, like, just like cranks to yell shit out. Uh, yeah, they, like longer um, recess. Yeah, longer recess. Better, better playground equipment. Um, more sex rooms. Uh, I don't know if that's just a Google thing, but apparently there were eleven proposals and um ahead of this though the credulous liberal media was really eating this up the new york times ran a piece that uh the headline was over 4,200 amazon workers push for climate change action including cutting some ties to big oil so this was the when, do you, when you say the push biggest for one. what do you mean uh, meaning well like, they, what did they do to push for it so well, they formed a, I guess, a coalition, which I believe was the Amazon Employees for Climate Justice. And uh, by the time this went to vote, there was almost 8,000 employees who were associated with this coalition. And they they had created a resolution. Who had liked the Facebook page or something. Yeah, right, right ex- <laughs> exactly. Or, yeah, shared it to, uh, to all their friends. Um... And this was the highest profile issue. So the shareholder meeting happens. And uh, can any of you guess the success rate of any of these? uh, So they wanted wanted Amazon to like divest from... Yeah, from oil. That was one thing. But also to like improve... From all the things that make money. Well, Amazon famously doesn't give a shit about money. So I'm going to say that uh, Jeff personally accepted every one of these resolutions. I think you're right. Well, actually, what happened is not a single one passed. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff wouldn't even come out to listen to at least the climate action group speak. So um, I s- happened to see a tweet. You mean he wouldn't sit in a room on camera uh, and have some activists yeah, berate him by his employees <laughs> what he should do with his company? Weird. Yeah. yeah, or like Jeff wouldn't just go talk to his like it doesn't have to be that far. Like he wouldn't deign to talk to his employees, much less <laughs> like have a conversation. Like I talk at you, not the other way around. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened because apparently she um, she asked if he was going to be there. They kind of were like, no. <laughs> I demand an audience with the king. And then, and then I think they kind of said like he might be listening. Uh, and so of course what she prepared was written as though she was speaking to Jeff. Mm-hmm. And she ends her plea like, Jeff, will you commit now to taking all these steps? To just an empty stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just she, the Clint <laughs> and the thing i mean the thing about this is like all these all these things or most of these things especially the climate action thing they're not bad things right but i think it's hard they're the right place they're absolutely in the right place but why on earth would you think that this was going to work yeah well and and that's not to like this is a real question too because absolutely this is not to just shit on like 
anybody trying anything. But it's this is where this is what like having a, a, a political perspective like actually means like having any understanding of how power works or anything. These people are relying by by asking this, and I mean maybe. And it seems like they were really disappointed too. They the were. Thing. That's yeah, why we're, la- were laughing at this because yeah. they were really disappointed because <laughs> they're like, not really bad. So now we're piling. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like if this was a tactic of like, well, let's like get put this on the record. You know, yeah. it is useful for mm-hmm. that. It's like, look, this was proposed in the open in public at a shareholder meeting, and they turned it down. That that is politically instrumental. But that is not really the perspective of these people. These guys were like, let's, you know, we're part of the team. Let's, yeah. uh, we're we're technically investors in the company. Um, yeah, they legitimately believe in the Amazon family. And right. they're going to ask Daddy if <laughs> well, he what? will do something for them. The well, warden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Increase yard time. Well, what they're doing <laughs> is relying on the actual shareholders, the right. big money players. Yeah. They're relying on their sense of noblesse oblige yeah, yeah. to let like to, the right to point thing. out you as our lords <laughs> our liege lords yeah. have a responsibility to to society to the community to do the right thing in this instance and we are merely bringing this uh before your throne <laughs> for you to to, to sign cons- you know to so like <laughs> and and like that's just not gonna happen because uh, you know uh for better or worse feudalism has mm-hmm. been over for a while now mm-hmm. and capital has no obligation to fucking anyone <laughs> yeah only now, to itself but yeah. uh, and by the way a thing that never worked in feudalism either. no like you know let's take uh the peasants have put together this petition <laughs> that we're gonna take to ivan the terrible <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah. oh yeah. it turns out he has actually killed us all but it was a but yeah, it, yeah. it was a pr- there one, was a pretense. one principle yeah. that justified the system that principle doesn't yeah. even exist in this system well and i think that like the <laughs> coming from people who are literally doing the least they can do, this is literally the least you can do. Like, I mean, you know, so nobody should get, like, too excited. I mean, they had no no follow-up plan or anything like that, but I think that's why, like, the New York Times liked it and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, this this is what real resistance looks like. It's not getting right. in the streets. People being reasonable, yeah. using yeah. As- asking and not raising their voice. And you know who yeah. they, these were all people who had a stake in yeah. it. Right. These are yeah. these were they shareholders right bringing. Yeah, issues. they had they had property rights <laughs> to raise yeah. their positions. They had a stake in yeah. the game. This yeah. is like foundational concept yeah. of American democracy. Well, here. and the yeah. proper way to complain about your work is to very politely ask your boss to do something, <laughs> and then shut the fuck up when he doesn't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, maybe some of these people learn a lesson and be radicalized so. by this and I go like, sure. oh, you can't ask these fucking people nicely. Because then now maybe they'll be a- made aware of the power imbalance here and go like, oh, we actually had no power in that situation at all. <laughs> and that's why nothing ha- changed. And go, we have to find a way to ex- make power and exercise it. And then just make rich people do things. Yeah. That's you can't ask. That's what's so funny to me. About you gotta it, use a stick. Is that yeah. it's, it feels like that I, that 
basic cable show or that uh, over-the-air show like Kid Town or whatever, where they just let a bunch of kids <laughs> run a city, you know? It was kind of like... <laughs> what the fuck what? is that show not on anymore? I don't know. That should be on 24 hours a day. It was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking, really? I mean, you have to be a true believer, and I think that speaks to how powerful corporations are. Not just Jeff Bezos, but how powerful corporations, especially large corporations like Amazon, um, how much power they wield over us and how much control they exert on like our sense of reality. Mm. Because... Yeah, oh, absolutely. What they should have thought to do was maybe work with government. Mm -hmm. But instead, they're trying to go through this corporation. Yeah. Well, and they're basically, they're, and again, like, you have to have layers of delusion to think that asking your boss to do the right thing is never going to get gonna you anywhere. Work, right. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that, yeah, if this was, like, a little bit of theater as the uh, first, you know, moment of a strike, like, yeah, like, that's, that would be badass. That would like, definitely you know, be badass. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, hey, oh, Jeff's not going to talk to us? Well, this is what we want, and, uh, by the way, we're also on strike now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then... They might have seen the wheels of Amazon actually starting to move, you know, well, once, listen, once, once this something was, again, actually affected Jeff these happened. People, these people, being represented in the media as employees, and probably some were not, probably some of the larger number, the 8,000 who, like, well, I'm guessing basically signed on to a right. Facebook page or, like, or something. Or, the button that says did, yes. Right. Yeah. Do not have stock in the company, but... Basically, this was a coalition of low-level employees who have stock, who thus had vote like mm -hmm. some voting rights and a right to actually speak. So we really shouldn't be thinking of them as employees. These were a small group of shareholders. Right. Okay, that was the power they were trying to exercise. Yeah. So the next phase would actually be a capital strike. <laughs> there you go. Where it, they really wanted to get serious and exercise their power. I don't think they have much, but it would be to get a bunch of shareholders mm. on their side to threaten to dump the fucking stock or something. Yeah, I don't I mean, think that, in that that would have any effect, ultimately. Yeah, the problem is, is that, like, just like all these companies, they own nothing. It, nothing. Yeah. They own, like, yeah, yeah. such a minuscule amount, because yeah, well, they literally all the stock... more people on board. Yeah, all the stock is owned by, like, a very small amount of people who all don't care. Like, in any way. <laughs> because they're the worst people on the planet. Yeah. And, Including Warren Buffett. Yeah, and, like, one of the things that maybe they should have thought about was, like, hey, in lieu of pay, Amazon keeps giving us this, like, paper they're just printing in the back. Yeah. And, uh, they told us that makes us part of the family. They told us that, like, you know, this gives us a say in the company. Mm -hmm. And then when we came and did the things they told us to do, they literally told us, fuck you, we're not <laughs> listening to anything you have to say. It just ignored us in the most hilariously obvious way possible. It made us look like idiots just talking to an empty microphone on a stage. And, like, maybe they should have some thought in their mind about, like, Maybe this is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, maybe maybe this will now. This is the wizard. Yeah. It should be the Wizard of Oz moment. Yeah, well, I think it won't thought, be, but it, it should be. be. Yeah, yeah, the thought was like the way we think of the way liberals think about activism, which is like you just like get. It's not about building. It's not about organizing. Mm -hmm. It's not about building a, a larger <laughs> yeah. consciousness. It's definitely, it's definitely about, not about organizing. It <laughs> would be very clear. Yeah. It's not about that. <laughs> it's about yeah. getting a few activists yeah. to get in the headlines, to make stories. A mm -hmm. march that shows, look, a bunch of people in the street that represent 
you know, a larger nothing, yeah. but like, it's just that you're really about, it, it's like a marketing strategy. It's like, look, we got just enough people to get in the New York Times and get talked about. And that's like the way to yeah. politics. And it's not the way to anything. Yeah, well, and, and I guess there's never that day two, because we're constantly on day one. <laughs> but there's never that day two of like, okay, we did the thing that we're told we're supposed to do by the press, by whatever, right? Uh, and they completely fucking ignored us and just didn't give a shit. And there's never that second day where they're like, okay, that didn't work, so like maybe we should do something else. Like rethink our strategy or rethink this strategy or think about why they can just ignore us. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, even the marches and stuff, which is more than just complaining in a shareholder meeting, but... You know, I mean, there was what, you know, a million people marched against the war in 2003, and they were just fucking, you know, George W. Bush famously said, ah, I don't listen to focus groups, and did it anyways. <laughs> it was like, yeah, there probably should have been a bigger, like, you know, process of thinking about that afterwards, about, yeah. like, why it was so easy to just not give a shit about what anybody says. Or well, t- so we don't learn that. that. That's been burned yeah. into our minds, but we just don't learn that lesson. I mean, like, it's yeah. so, it's weird. Like, that's all people could think to do. It's like, you know... Mm. Have a march once a year on some topic, mm-hmm. and like, well, people like it because it. it feels like you're doing something, and it maybe even feels it's a touch transgressive. Yeah, it's nostalgic, yeah. but everybody is pretty aware that like nothing really is gonna happen or come of it, right? There's no risk really. Whereas, yeah. like or like labor organizing, that's a risk. Like mm-hmm. you lose your fucking job. Totally, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like uh, you, you know. The story that we mostly hear of the civil rights movement yeah. is basically boiled down to a handful of marches, mm-hmm. and like it was actually a bunch of um, actions, including yeah. strikes, yeah, um, strikes, and boycotts, yeah, the complete and... taking over of cities, <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. know things like that. But yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, everybody thinks that because the way it's taught to you, uh, and this is like part of the sort of like weird whitewashing of like MLK with MLK Day and stuff like that is. That, uh, you know, the civil rights marchers, they just presented a really strong moral argument. And all the, like, shithead segregationists and, like, all the people in the North who've been supporting segregation for centuries are... They all just, you know, they heard that moral argument. Like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I guess we should change that. And it's like, or as, if, the, as if those people had no skin in the game and yeah. could just do that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And that there is a marketplace of ideas. Yeah, yeah, that you can engage in. That people, one, engage in, uh, like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and two, that, yeah, that, like, again, that you're going to go to the king and convince the king to hand over the the money. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the kingdom's like, money. It's like a debate yeah. club. Yeah. No, yeah. What actually yeah. happened was, like you said, they took over shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And they caused fucking chaos. Like, yeah, some of the biggest strike waves in American history, which, by the way, MLK supported giant strikes and things like that, weirdly never comes up. Um, but, uh, but also, like, you know, I mean, the taking over of Detroit, right? And having, like, a Detroit Revolutionary Council in charge of Detroit weirdly never comes up again. Um, uh, or Newark. I mean, the fact that the Vietnam War was significantly hindered by having to bring soldiers back to, like, retake American cities. And that, you know, part of Nixon's thing about bringing the army out of Vietnam and just having the Air Force bomb the shit out of it uh, is his. he was convinced that we're going to need the army to basically take over probably huge portion, like huge numbers of American cities and just occupy them. So we need to bring them back. Right. And it's like, 
that scares people. Right? Like that scared wealthy people, right? And that that actually made them bend on issues and things like that. Yeah. Where, but you know, I mean, asking politely, why would a fucking rich person ever give a shit what you have yeah. to say? I mean, yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's cool. crazy. Well, um, I'm not hopeful that that anyone will like learn any lesson from this. Cause, no, because we not, don't. Not haven't bit. learned any lesson so far. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. what what important projects was Jeff? What, what important projects did Jeff say yes to, though? Uh, well, I, none of these. Not facial recognition. Not. In, oh yeah, one of them was that they wanted to not have facial recognition software be sold to ICE. Yeah. Uh, Amazon boldly is going to do that. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, oh, it's a government contract. They're, they're taking it. Rule it out. <laughs> yeah. Hate speech, sexual harassment. There was a rad one that was basically like. Don't let Jeff Bezos be CEO anymore. <laughs> that rolls. <laughs> that actually rolls. Yeah. People should put that up every wish, every meeting. Oh, these are fucking hilarious. Board diversity, pay equity. Again, these are the kids that don't understand what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, they think this is how you make change. Yeah, well, and that like uh, uh, the reason why pay is divided along class and gender lines or race and gender lines has nothing to do with like them wanting to seize that extra like like pay is not about exploitation. They must have just made a mistake in payroll <laughs> that we can just easily correct, right? I'm sure that Jeff will be happy to sign oh, over yeah. that giant chunk of money he got <laughs> from exploiting people. <laughs> Fucking Jeff. Well, but, yeah. Speaking of exploiting people, he's been scanning people's bodies. Oh, now so here's the project Jeff did get behind. <laughs> yeah, this. Well, there were two big projects that he came out came out ahead on, uh, and that is luring people with a 3D scan of your body, wearing what was it like a swimsuit or something? Well, no, you could wear. Oh, okay. You could you would get an Amazon gift card oh, for doing it. Okay. And For you could much? company script didn't say, <laughs> and you could wear either loose clothing or they want some of uh, form fitting swimsuits. <laughs> so what what nefarious things do you think they're doing? I mean, you had some yeah. theories, I think, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Jeff's looking for a bride. I think he specifically is trying to find the most body, the, like the person whose body is the most. Uh, out of this world. And I mean that as in literally maybe not from this world. No, Jeff see, wants to fuck an alien. Yeah, no, we all know Jeff wants to fuck an alien. I think this is much more mundane. I think this is just about um, the quest for else. data. The quest for data to be churned by, you know, AI algorithms to be used in all kinds of, of scenarios. Um just to have a repository of the human form in all of its permutations, but principally for the purpose of sex bots. <laughs> well, maybe he's just become a, a good old-timey, like, eugenicist, and he's like, that is the waist-hip, you know, ratio <laughs> of a very typical Gaelic. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is a neo-phrenology yeah, yeah yeah oh geez so there's that <laughs> typical kneecap of a from the <laughs> west of the Caucasus. <laughs> oh christ uh so yeah he's scanning people and he's wishing Mackenzie good luck he's giving her that thumbs up because uh, she is, his fucking tweets to her are so funny. So uh, she announces this with a letter that says she's going to join the 
club of billionaire, and we learned recently millionaire super friends. <laughs> People as poor as hundred millionaires. <laughs> uh, so he writes, okay, well, and he's he's got the link, and she her face is looking like uh, Naomi Watts, like her headshot when she arrives to L.A. in Mulholland Drive. <laughs> but it says, Mackenzie is going to be amazing and thoughtful and effective at philanthropy, and I'm proud of her. Her letter is so beautiful. Go get him, Mackenzie. And so then, uh, one of get him. Then one, one of the Go Off Kings, uh, Stephen Hack says, "Hope she sees this, bro." <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking good. He's not really happy about this. He can't be, right? No, no, he's, he's got to be fuming. Oh, right. Like he has, yeah. No, he, about what? About her about doing her, the giving pledge? About her having about any her of his money and then, and then doing the giving pledge? Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, that's so like, funny. That's the biggest. She's fuck. basically the Joker at throwing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't even care that she burned billions of dollars if she just burned it in front of him. That'd be right. fucking no, no, shit. this is better than burning it in front of him yeah. because this isn't. She looks. She's taking. It's his money that he hasn't given away up to now and has made no pledge to. The only way anyone got it out of his hands into any charity that wasn't just you know his gift to the world, Amazon, <laughs> is by her taking the money away, which it's like you know uh, it's. It's like that's what had to happen. It had to get out of his control to be pledged to charity, right? Yeah, which is what a lot of people had speculated. But uh, but like, that's just such a perfect move for her, like just to just throw it in his face. Well, we'll hold on to it. We'll, we'll speculate here in a second yeah, about what it, about it is, Jeff's feelings. It is funny how they're both kind of doing this with a smile, but it's pretty clear that there's got to be some animosity here. Go, yeah. go, good for Jeff. You, you guys were being, I gotta be honest, I think a little cynical thinking that Jeff was mad. <laughs> I think that he just is loving life, loving his ex. I think he's squeezing that, like, human-sized panda real tight. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps with it. Though then again, well, no, he, he's he got was at the Met Gala with Lauren Sanchez, I think, right? Yeah. Is yeah, that the is that the new girlfriend? Did it was it ever confirmed that it was like her brother that that sold the photos? I think it was strongly implied. I don't think we know yet. God, that fucking rolls. I yeah. I, so funny. I haven't heard anything more about it, but <laughs> oh god, that, that's our boy Jeff oh, and Amazon. Yeah. Well, good for you, Mackenzie, making him look like the fucking Scrooge that he is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we do support taking all of Mackenzie's money and Jeff's money. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs a billion dollars. No, not even one billion. Mm. Okay, well, that was Amazon. Um, I think, I, it having just been Memorial Day, we were feeling especially patriotic. We are real ginned up about the prospect of going to war uh, with Iran, which we've talked about, I think, on the previous episode. Yeah. So this was something that I didn't follow too much. I'm going to have to delegate to you guys, but understand that we're revisiting a very special American war um, that's very near and dear to all our hearts, which was Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. I went ahead and ghost wrote an article for the Seattle Times. <laughs> it was beautiful. I'm so proud of you. Right? Well, you know, this year is the something anniversary of, uh, I don't know, the middle of that very long war or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What can you possibly be... You know, the anniversary of that time, they killed, like, half a million kids, you know, yeah. on Christmas. Well, you know, the anniversary of the start of 
This is an anniversary of the start of the Nixon administration, oh. who got us out of Vietnam. Cha- yeah, changed the <laughs> you know, progressed the war from like genocide from the sky to more wider genocide from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all right, but go go on. Read us Brian's ghost written article. Okay, Greg, I, I will do that for you. I will read this for the first time. So Jacobin turned this down? Jacobin turned down the Seattle Times actually gave me a, a, a large fee, but they said they're going to put some guy named Eric's name on it, but he did not write that. I want to be extremely clear. <laughs> he did not write this piece. I wrote it. If he tells you he wrote it, he's a liar. This is your gnome de guerre. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I had to open it in an incognito window. I got hand got slapped by (laughs) Seattle Times. In blue Seattle, a B-52 used in Vietnam is dedicated as new memorial park opens. Uh, Go on. (laughs) I feel like this is going to go good places. (laughs) And this is by... Let's let's, let's memorialize a real B-52. The uh, strategic bomber, because... Empire requires strategy. Well, dropping hundreds of bombs at a time is always strategic. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll learn that it's also fun. <laughs> they came for the war. It stayed for the fun. <laughs> Eric Lasitis wrote this. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name correctly. I'm glad that you put the quotes up when you did that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Eric. Uh, the Vietnam vets arrived at the Saturday, Saturday ceremony at the Museum of Flight to rock music. From that era, playing over the loudspeakers. Uh, that is, this oh, is a, a fuck. fucking terrible sentence. Fuck, by the way. fuck off. Oh, this. hold on, hold on, Greg. What kind of rock music was? Sorry, oh, sorry, fuck. sorry, Eric. I yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. mean to insult your pros. In 1967, they were listening to The Doors, "Light My Fire" in Da Nang too. <laughs> rules. Oh, that is so. That has got to be one of the most annoyingly like just fuzzy headed yeah. obfuscations mm-hmm. but also like just such a tacky th- like this this obsession with rewriting the history of that war as like the rock and roll war <laughs> you know where where you see in America there was a youth culture and because we sent kids to Vietnam, mm-hmm. there was a youth culture there too. Oh, and they did drugs <laughs> <laughs> because they're having so much fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> Greg Charlie didn't rock, so we had to bring the rock. We had to bring the rock. Oh, well, those damn commies! Didn't they never heard Jim Morrison before? <laughs> By the way, if you're fucking over thirteen and listening to the Doors, you should be beaten to death. Yeah, and I and I am strongly in favor of this. Okay, like, okay. that's the one bit of politics the doors, I believe in. The doors. <laughs> The Jeff didn't sign on that. Are best <laughs> understood as a self-aware parody psychedelic rock band. Okay, the Lizard the, King had self-aware. The, fir- the first album that Light My Fire, Light My Fire, written by Robbie Krieger, the guitarist, is a totally earnest, idiotic pop song. Um, and but after that first album. It's all a big joke to everyone but Robbie Krieger. <laughs> he took it serious, takes it seriously to this day, and um, but to everyone else, it was like, oh wow, holy shit, this worked. We became famous. Um, let's and they they just can't help having a sense of humor about it. 
Um, that's my theory on the doors. Maybe no one else feels that way, but well, no, it is very stupid. I will I tell you like a, it anyway. a little uh, uh, story from Brian's past <laughs> is uh, for Christmas when I was, when, how old are you in fifth grade? Uh, like 12? 11, something like that? 12? 12. Yeah. For Christmas in fifth grade, my mom bought me a, <laughs> a book of Jim Morrison's poetry. Oh, hell God. yeah. And it sparked a lifelong hatred of poetry. <laughs> Young Brian. He was reading it going, it must be important because they say it's poetry, but it seems pretty stupid. That, so that is why people... That is why you have that reaction about the doors is because the posthumous and especially 90s like nostalgic look back on him as this great American poet absolutely fucking ridiculous nonsense meant to sell t-shirts um but whatever anyway but what's worse is this association of the war and it it's all tied up in this boomer obsession with the music of the period Mm -hmm. um and like but but every every movie every vietnam movie they use the same fucking rock songs in all of it it's Oh my god, it's so bad. Well, classic American hits from the Rolling Stones. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that the reason why boomers are obsessed with music from the late 60s is they all know that none of them marched in the civil rights movement. None of them, like, were against the war or anything like that. But they did listen they to the listen cool to the music radio. of the time. They, they, and so, so that's become the rebellion radio. now. Yeah. 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 yeah, they want the, oh, they want the credit man. for the rebellion, but they, like, Whoa. it's only when they get to it. Oh, that's deep, man. <laughs> Damn. Dude. No, that's real. No, that makes sense yeah. because, yeah. again, I, I've confessed this before on this podcast. This is very clear right now. Like, I, I do have, like, an undeniable thing for that boomer fucking... If, 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 there's, a mu- if there's music that white people have appropriated from black people, I'm probably going to like it. So, <laughs> um, unless it's too contemporary. Um, but like I acknowledge, I I'm don't I'm not one of these. I don't think it's like this great, like cultural thing that needs to be remembered. Except in the sense that rock music is dumb now, and it did have a brief moment where it was like there was a, a cultural moment as an art form of a sure. kind of a dumb, simple pop musical form that it had like a brief moment. And yeah, that's their only thing because yeah. they didn't they weren't part of anything else <laughs> yeah, yeah. good. Well, this is how they steal valor in a way that is like acceptable to them or whatever. Yeah. But but the thing is, is that you know, yeah, like it was it was it had a moment of like vibrancy and cultural yeah. vibrancy. But of course, it's long since dead, and oh, even man, yeah. and even the its moment is uh, the stories are a little overblown. Oh, it's but, way exaggerated. But we should be clear that we are in Greg's boat, which is very ornately decorated, lots of granite, lots of everything like that. But there's Iggy Azalea posters everywhere, so Greg is right about it. He, yeah. he loves anything that's appropriated. He loves. Yeah, he keeps talking about Xanax and bars, and yeah. uh, I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> some were gray-haired, some used walkers. Others brought their kids and grandkids, so that the crowd numbered nearly 3,000. Damn, just like the Spartans. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not right. Times ten. <laughs> Eventually, most walked under the wings of the event's centerpiece. The mammoth Boeing B-52 Stratofortress bomber that was saved from the scrapyard and repainted in its original tan 
gray, and green camouflage colors. Save from the scrapyard, there's like... Because there's 8 million of them. There's, there's, <laughs> mil- there's, so, there's, there's tons of them still flying today, even though they have not a new one's been built since like the mid-60s. They're, all the decommissioned ones are all just sitting in a, like a New Mexico desert, mm-hmm. yeah. like in nearly perfect condition. And save shit. They should be. Uh, they're all there awaiting a future war crimes trial. <laughs> 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 it's the it's the docket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Holy shit. Okay. So I'm guessing the plaque memorializing the. How many millions dead? <laughs> like the, the three million dead in, 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 in the Indochina. In yeah. Indochina <laughs> is um, it's a little black brass square on a rock, uh, just below the Bombay doors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. of the uh, Strata no, Fortress. I, I'm sure that they had, you know, a uh, relevant historian giving a <laughs> very good speech about the many war crimes committed mm-hmm. by the United States yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah, putting it all in perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not talking about American sacrifice, but talking about the uh, literal genocide of the people <laughs> in South Asia. We couldn't tell the good ones from the bad, Brian. Dono has. Well, you know, there's an easy solution to that, and the perfect tool is the B 52 Spectre. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to tell shit. Uh, the Lord will sort him. Dono Hash, 69 of Spanaway, an army veteran. I'm who, sorry, what is his fucking name? I don't. Dono, Dono, D O N O. Hash? Hash. <laughs> These are made-up names. Yeah. Hash. Oh, guys, I, I'm sorry. I did write this article. I made all the names up. Well, you were... You, Hash. You all put, the quotes are actually from me. I you, just put the names on. You put an American flag bandana on, took a... <laughs> dropped some LSD, and then started, like, doing martial arts <laughs> in your room. Oh, my God. Uh, a veteran who earned a purple heart over there. <laughs> this... This is written like a child, but anyway. Thanks. (laughs) I'm sorry, Eric. Remembered hearing the B-52s on their bombing runs. It felt like an earthquake. The carpet bombing, he said. 500 pounds leaving nice little craters for fish ponds. Right, that's what those were for, for leaving fish ponds. Yeah, it was terraforming. Oh my god. That... What a despicable piece of shit. <laughs> well, yeah, what a bizarre... Fuck the troops, what a bizarre, by the way. Like, Fuck the troops. Yeah. Of all the things that a bomb does, like, yeah, yeah. you're gonna talk about the crater. Look at the cute little craters he's picturing, like, coy. Well, even well, in the, death, there is... Like, well, the thing is, too, is, like, you know, every, every like, long war, things like that, like, you know, up until now, the troops just love it. But every, every like, long war forever always had, like, huge numbers of troops who were like, fuck this shit, this shit sucks, and for, like, years afterwards, talk about it sucked, and, you know, rebelled during the fighting, and, of course, in Vietnam, they famously, like, shot their officers and things like that. But what we're seeing right now, the reason why you can revive, like, Vietnam nostalgia is all those people lived fucking hard lives of being treated like absolute shit for fucking decades after the war because they resisted it. And are all dead now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're all dead from living those kind of lives. From, li- from and the only ones back that... and being dishonorably yeah. discharged and then yeah. living on the streets and dying. Yeah, yeah, and like and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and now like the all the ones who fucking picked their ass and you know went back uh, for know. a second deployment. Yeah, and... or, or like, yeah, spent the entire war bombing people from fifty thousand feet <laughs> in the air and loving it. Yeah, are the only ones still fucking alive, and for them it was great. It was the best time of their fucking lives, which is why if you see a proud Vietnam that with a walker, kick that fucking walker out <laughs> from under him. 
When they're on the ground squiggling like a fucking turtle, you should just, like a turtle that you just turned over, you should be like, just be like, that's just a little taste. Just a little fucking taste. That'll be a fucking eternity yeah. of this. Yeah, be happy your skin like, is make, let's make the myth of the, like, Vietnam vets returning and getting spit on and just being yeah. reviled by crowds of people. Make Let's turn that bullshit myth into yeah. a reality. It was never real at the time, but it should be fucking real right now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. With God, if someone says shit like that, yeah. fucking... Yeah, that is... Fish ponds? That is wild. Truly Holy wild. fuck. We're just turning that, that country <laughs> into the surface of the moon. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Luckily, nobody lived there. <laughs> Fuck, man. Eric, you went hard on this one. This was mostly not the Seattle often portrayed as blue and progressive that had shown up. Is it not? Yeah, yeah. See, this is interesting. This is a weird take. For, I mean, it's interesting that he goes here at all, right? Because he's saying, all, he's like letting all this other shit drop just matter of fact, but he's like, huh, This does this not square with liberal <laughs> Seattle? It's an interesting question because... He's, I guess he's sort of presupposing that this is sort of a conservative view, that like that war is good and imperialism is necessary and that our military might is beautiful and fun is and the this conservative. The violence of war is to be celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's not this, not this blue thing. But of course, we know that's fucking bullshit. We know, like, I mean, what in what context is that, like, is that not a blue, dem meaning democratic thing? And to the extent that, on the other hand, Seattle calls itself progressive, we also know they are in line with, you know, basic Democratic Party politics. And so, like, I, you know, that's that's the answer to his yeah. question here. Like, how do you square this circle? And this, this, the yeah. thing is, it's, it's well, and luckily square. The, the it's majority of the Vietnam War, too, was, like, fought and escalated by uh, real uh, uh, red Republicans like Lyndon Johnson yeah. <laughs> and John F. Kennedy. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you know, hell, Nixon was to the left of Obama most things. <laughs> you know, know, but that's, that's, that's where we're at right true. now. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're at right now, so yeah. fuck, man. But, uh, like, yeah. That, that, in tune, like, they mentioned Boeing built the fucking plane. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I built a fucking thing. Like, yeah. goddamn. Yeah. Well, to your point. I should have thought of that when I wrote this. But, that, that's, <laughs> but it's interesting that he brings it up, even. That he goes, yeah. like, huh, this, this doesn't fit with my nitwit, like, concept of what yeah. Seattle is, well, you know? I um, haven't read this, so maybe this is a stupid comment, um, but. It does seem like he just kind of is operating on images alone, like signifiers. He, he, so he's not like diving into it. He's just saying these images do not are are incompatible. Yeah. Does not yeah, yeah, compute. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, he's, he's just like, confessing. Actually, yeah, and then he's, he's just like confessing. On. Huh? I don't. I don't really. I guess I don't really understand anything. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what's the <laughs> politics? Well, he looks like that that uh, maid robot from the Jetsons. He's like a big <laughs> box, right? And he's just wheeling around on one wheel, and he's like, does not <laughs> yeah. compute. Steam does is not compute. <laughs> <laughs> This rocks, Eric. You hit a home run, buddy. Oh, if you're gonna finish with it's a land of contrast. Really, like, look, the last candidate for president in the Democratic Party that Seattle voted for widely, Hillary Clinton, 
It's a major imperialist hawk who's friends with Henry Kissinger, okay? Like, shit like that. Like, <laughs> put it's an actual Vietnam War criminal. <laughs> put it all together, dude. And he was, uh, like, frothing at the mouth to go into Syria, and they yeah, had to, like, uh, beat her down. Yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. Her well, she famously, <laughs> apparently, like, uh, basically bullied the Obama administration to signing up with France to, like, fucking bomb in, in Libya. Libya. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. which is cool. So she basically can be credited with, you know, uh, giving Obama his achievement of being the first black president and the person to reintroduce slave markets <laughs> to Africa. So cool. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so like... Just, Weird doesn't come up in her book. <laughs> the point for Eric, Brian, is pull your head out of your ass. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, it's really easy to do a second draft of an article, right? <laughs> like, it's... This is... We are an empire, and we love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, do we ever. So... Before I go on, there's just this... The first picture that I'm looking at is, like, all these people that look like someone that would talk to you uh, in your hood and Metal Gear Solid with, like, a <laughs> <laughs> And some guy who, like, I don't know, invented cyborgs. I assume this is... Yeah, this is Jim Mattis. And everyone's just, like, smiling, having a gay old time in uniform. Did he go by his name Mad Dog? He's <laughs> up there. The Mad Dog! Yeah, he's just he big, big drink off some Mad Dog, dude, just to like, you know, just sitting at home a little bit. Uh, yeah, everyone's having a having a great time. Lots of smiles, is, is what I'm saying. The dick- Is he telling them all about how um, he didn't get that name um, in the army, but as uh, his previous time as a in a biker gang, <laughs> uh, I was briefly a uh, uncle of anarchy. <laughs> that's uh, what his wife called him when he'd watch Sons of Anarchy. Mm. <laughs> the dedication was for the museum's Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park, which began with saving the bomber and then expanded to include the vets. It also has a bronze statue depicting an aviator. And her tribute wall. Jim Mattis, the retired Marine General and former Secretary of Defense, who resigned because of disagreements with President Donald Trump, was the keynote speaker. Oh, well, there you go. Progressive Seattle. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Resistance hero, yeah. Mad Dog Mattis, who Ooh. I think he wanted to tell us is from Washington State yes, and has moved that, back to Yes, that is the next... If you want to call it a paragraph, Brent, I mean... Eric, uh, <laughs> usually paragraphs are longer than one sentence or two sentences. Everybody's a critic. <laughs> Everybody's the, a critic. The Richland native was greeted with whoops and yells. Uh, Can you fucking imagine? A lot of, a lot of like, hua or something. <laughs> it just says whoops and yells. I'm imagining, yeah. like, uh, Ken Burns, like, Civil War <laughs> whoops mm-hmm. and yells. But he told the crowd... Having left Washington, D.C. and returned to the better Washington, and then he did, you know, one of those big, like, winks where you Mm -hmm. actually, you know, sell it with the movement of your head. Mm. I'm so happy. (laughs) Because he's used to talking to Marines. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) and the president. (laughs) I'm so happy, ladies and gentlemen, that I could cry. Please do. I I don't even really know what that means, but okay. I don't know about it's because they were playing some bullshit oldies song that I'm sure it's a good <laughs> But, I mean, like, this fucking... Fucking Vietnam War Memorial Park. I mean, like... I really love that you that you can't just say that the Vietnam War fucking sucked, at least. Like, you can't even say that. Like, it has to... Because, because it's part of our, like, oeuvre, we now have to, like, celebrate it as well, some grand achievement of flying halfway right. around the Look, world to kill this, millions of people. There was this brief moment in the 90s where the... 
the media was ready to like say for just a half second that the the broader cultural take on Vietnam had shifted that opposition to the war to that war and that that it was a disaster had gone somewhat mainstream because Bill Clinton was elected president and because he was he didn't go to Vietnam and was vaguely again not for it loosely in a little bit or was basically he was just a boomer who yeah, didn't yeah. go to Vietnam and so it was like oh Vietnam's not cool anymore for yeah. all of America but like then you know we've just as part of our post 9/11 like m- troop worship priority in like everything in american life just has to be about worshiping the troops you're not gonna just let that war just go without worshiping it like it can't just be there you have to worship that war but you're totally right because i think it was last year maybe that um the like america's real troops they have a you know their night of celebration by which i'm talking about the oscars uh you know they had some guy and i have no i I just this is the only thing i remember from it was they had this guy come out all in his military uniform and he's like, I am a veteran. Oh, and I have no idea why he was there, but he's like, I'm a veteran of the Vietnam War. Rowdy applause. People standing. Boom. That gif of uh, what's her face. Oh. Like, <laughs> that's from that. No, I don't know. That's true. But, but like, it was just like applause everywhere. And I was like, which just always made me laugh. I was like, liberal Hollywood right there. For you. But that makes sense. But, yeah. no, this thing, it is yeah, mainstream. Yeah. I mean, it's because yeah. it's troop worship. It's the it's the thank you for your service. And like that, mm-hmm. we know that's a totally blind, like unthinking you know, so why would why would the application be any different to Vietnam? Look, fuck for fuck's sake, it, we've been worshiping the troops and uh, went to Iraq and Afghanistan, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. those are only slightly less shitty wars than Vietnam. I mean, they ended up killing <laughs> yeah. as many people. I, arguable, <laughs> yeah. probably. But. Yeah, this is basically as shitty. And yeah, I mean, the only reason they killed less people in like Iraq was just that. Iraq wasn't politically organized enough to have a resistance, really. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. if it had anywhere well, I mean, near the resistance, and, and most of the casualties so were people, after yeah. the war and the right. chaos, the vacuum yeah, left, right. you know, like, yeah. um, but uh, I mean, just, and you know, and now ISIS and what you know, cool. What else is this? This dickhead had to say. So the mad dog. <laughs> he talked about the Vietnam veterans who returned to even find contempt. Although, fortunately, the contempt never represented the majority of their fellow citizens. He thanked them for their patience until the country found its way back to self-respect. So, yeah, to all of our rants, I mean, we were the puppy that lost its way in saving (laughs) the ass of someone that served in a war. After the ceremony, Mattis was surrounded by those wanting smartphone <laughs> smartphone pictures. You can just you say pictures, pictures, Eric. Come on, man. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And autographs. <laughs> this was written by a robot. I no, think this, that's what we're coming this up is with. This is written by a fucking. This, this is the Seattle Times 3000. This, this is awful. <laughs> he did that for one and a half hours. A vet in the crowd thanked him for the time. No sweat, said the general. You guys served. Jesus Christ. I, I love how, uh, yeah. It'd be great if he had, like, a moment, too, where he was like, oh, who out here in the crowd filled a soccer stadium full of corpses? His <laughs> 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 no, t-shirt's in like, we're, in the, we're part of the same yeah. real, uh, cult. Yeah, we're, right. we're part of the same priestly class. Yeah, you uh, killed you know? children, I'm now, I can do a little crowd work. No, they are basically, they are basically 
our like they're monks, right? You know, yeah, yeah. They're like our our they're mon- a monastic order. There there are four or five monastic orders of uniform services. Mm-hmm. Who like you know that are death they, cults, right? Oh, yeah. They're absolute yeah. death cults. They're, but you know you you bow to them in the street. You you because they're living a life of service yeah. to the country, a life of discipline, mm-hmm. and they you know carry that with them even after. And you you pay respect. They're a, a they're a special class. You know, okay. fuck the troops. Oh, my uh. God. So now we're gonna hear about it's this. Been on a troop for Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna hear about that plane. You guys want to hear that plane? You guys plane guys? Oh, plane facts. Yeah, oh, let's do plane yeah. facts. All right. If you parked a B fifty two in the middle of a football field, nose facing a goalpost. <laughs> well, this is already too complicated for a football field and uh, size analogy. Well, it's just because Mattis was there. <laughs> so that's how he understands everything. He's like, in the middle of football, you mean, yeah. you mean a graveyard, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> its 185-foot wingspan would extend more than 10 feet outside each sideline. Wow! It's cool. a big plane. Okay, wait a minute. Isn't the point of, like... Football field size analogies, which are way the too overused, yards. is yeah. that yeah. Every, it's is not their the other dimension. <laughs> yeah. Well, Greg, everybody uh, being from Texas understands that silent is silent's forty yards. All right, so get your life together. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Greg. It's, I guess it's supposed to be just a visual image, but still, fuck off. Which they could have provided, but they don't. Yeah, you know, what, you know, what also conveys a visual image: photos, <laughs> smartphone photos. It's four hundred eighty. 88,000 pounds are powered by eight turbojet engines. Cool. With some versions having a range of 10,000 miles. Think of all the people we can kill. <laughs> well, that was my dick hitting me on the side of the table, guys. Sorry. Um, remember that we have just thousands of these the next time. The next time the New York Times or the Washington Post loses their fucking mind that North Korea shot a missile like 100 miles. Yeah. It is such a durable design. I mean, we just don't make them like that anymore, do we, guys? Well, that's yeah. patently true. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does fly. That's like a modern fucking military plane. Yeah. It can't get up in the air without killing half the crew immediately. <laughs> that, first flown in 1952, it's expected to be in service beyond 2020. It is that's car- the only left flight. The only left flight. When was it exactly that we absolutely forgot how to make planes that fly? It's a weird thing. This is like Game of Thrones where they built the fucking wall, but now nobody remembers how to do it. I mean, like, who fucking knows, man? But B-52's an interesting case because even all these older good planes, they're, they've been trying Greg to replace. morally good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been trying to replace like in these bitter fights like mm-hmm. that some like have been public some private with, with these new more expensive modern planes that suck um but they haven't gotten rid of the b-52 like and it's older mm-hmm. than fucking anything else flying in well the, all we need to do far. is lease them out to some kind of contracting <laughs> or array of contractors in our next uh, military intervention, and then they'll just get like crashed into the desert or like yeah. <laughs> scuttled. Well, they're definitely gonna sell a few to the. Uh, oh god, what the fuck is his name? The education Eric- secretary's brother, Aircraft. <laughs> Aircraft's <laughs> definitely gonna buy a few. That's for sure. How well, he probably 
actually, I, I imagine Eric Prince lives on a B-52 that's just constantly <laughs> circling around, around him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, when you have a flying, like, genocide maker, you gotta keep that thing going. Yeah. Well, you don't want to miss the opportunity. <laughs> that's too good to pass up. You that miss, ex- you miss ex- every genocide that you <laughs> don't... <laughs> I love, you don't I love that, that, <laughs> that Eric Prince's, like, total, like, domination and involvement in every conflict and, like... His him and his companies just being present at every like mass grave um, <laughs> in the world for the last twenty years, like basically boils down to fear of missing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys want to know what you can put in this bad boy? Hell yeah! All right, yeah, fuck yeah! It My is dick's ca- already hard. I'm, I'm. I think you can put that in there. I'm getting there. It has carried everything from nuclear weapons. Cool. To cruise missiles. Badass. To dumb bombs that simply free fall. Oh, fucking rules. Wow. <laughs> and in everything, let's not forget love. <laughs> <laughs> you carried love. You know what I think would be ironic is if uh, a new form of capital punishment, since it's so hard to get the lethal injection serum now, uh, is just Death to... Death by 500 pound bomb? No, just <laughs> to drop them out of a B-52. Just load them up in the bomb bay. I think that's out. that's uh, it would be that's the same experience as lethal injection. It's this long, drawn-out process while you're fucking <laughs> terrified. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. You die on the way down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Well, they'd be, they'd be too scared that it would actually work. I think the part of the thrill of lethal injection is that it works like 40% of the time. Yeah, and they feel everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, it's always the first aircraft in there in a conflict. We knock the door down and let all the other aircraft in to do their job. Uh, thank you, Thomas, the murderous tank engine. <laughs> yeah. A B-52 it's bomb wing shit. commander was quoted as saying in a 2015 BBC News story. God, fuck that guy. So, he just Google B-52 Yeah, this, this is like... If a fifth grader was asked. By the way, uh, he was literally at an event full of old men. Yeah, who would have? And he couldn't get an additional quote. What? He probably just didn't want to talk to them. That, he honestly, good for him. He'd be that, there that's... like seven hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the story quoted a weapons systems officer. Think about all the political power this aircraft has. Fuck, dude, B-52-2020. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When an F-16, a combat plane, I like how they they tell us... Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Look, bitch, we saw Iron Eagle, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Know what an F-16 is. (laughs) Shows up in your country, big deal. But when a B-52 shows up... They started singing a different tune. They're talking about fucking Wait. genocide here. Like, I, yeah. I love this. It's like, a, you know, when you put people in a camp, they're like, big deal. But when you start building those showers, their tune changes real fucking quick. And it's like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Well, uh, at the yeah. same time, that is literally the smartest thing that was said in this entire article by yeah. anyone, including the writer. Like, that, that, yeah. that he's correct. When you, he when under- you bring a tool, when you bring a tool of previous genocides into a country, they, and I love to, then we ask the question too, like, well, why would people be terrified yeah. of that? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, let's point out that in the, the press release about, like, two weeks ago now about, like, our ginning up war with Iran about how we were moving ships and stuff, it was a wing of B-52s was at the mm. top of that 
that list. But he he's just saying nakedly, openly. Um, he's ta- this is he's talking about imperialism. Okay, yeah. he's saying this is what our military's for. It's to scare the shit out of other countries and make them do what we want. Cool. Yeah. Love it. We love it. That rules. Did a B fifty two drop the mother of all bombs? Probably. Okay. It was mostly B fifty twos that dropped more than <laughs> got there to drop it. That's probably <laughs> It dropped more than 20,000 tons of bombs, some that are still detonating today, on targets in and around Hanoi and Haofeng during nearly two weeks around Christmas, 1972. Yeah, that was just that over two weeks. That is a uh, very, di- like, gruesome... Well, that was like... that was Santa Claus. So that was... Well, that was one offensive... Ho, which, ho, by the way, ho. is cited as a fucking war crime by, like, most countries in the world. It's part of the reason why Henry Kissinger can't leave the United States. <laughs> like, is because of the Christmas bombing which, according to Kissinger's own fucking logic on this, was that, you know, this was what he called the madman theory. Uh, <laughs> we go in there and we kill as many people as possible and tell them that we don't want to negotiate. We're going to actually genocide the entire country, and that'll force, you know, the North Vietnamese to agree to whatever terms we put on the table. Love- and the Christmas bombing was the cornerstone of that. It's a literal fucking war crime recognized by... Fucking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love but the like, madman. I love, but no comment on it. I love yeah. that the madman theory, and for like its logic of like, he, check this out, guys. <laughs> he's considered a great I'm strategist. A, I'm yeah. a, he's no, he's like you know a a Rand Corporation yeah. game theory strategy guy, like who like invent you know one of the guys who invented all this. Mm-hmm. Adjacent to the guys who invented mutually assured destruction, you know, at Rand Corporation, like. And this, but his madman theory thing, it's basically like, check it out. War. You kill people until they do what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. Like, the whole point, he, all it is, is dressing up, um, it's, it's like a, a convoluted, clever-sounding way to say to Take a modern off. audience, just who, uh, who just describe what war actually yeah. is? Yeah. That's what war's always been. That is all. That's all war is. You're. You, I mean, what the? What's your point, asshole? Well, and it shows too. Like the one, it shows the sort of just nature of imperialism and like the just the absolutely bereft of any ideas. You know, too of that Kissinger could be sitting there after we'd already killed probably two million people at that point in Southeast Asia. It was like. I don't know, kill more people? Uh, you, know, like, you know, that's our big solution. I don't know, kill more people? Yeah, yeah the secret plan to end the war was... was yeah, um, just kill more people. Use, take uh, McNamara's, um, like, yeah. metrics, um, where they were tracking, like, their progress in the war by kill count, and um, just stick with that, pretty much. Yeah, Just, yeah, just, just up the ante. Just do the same thing, yeah. Cool. President Richard Nixon had ordered the bombings when peace talks had broken down. An Air Force history. Oh, when they broke down. I wonder who uh, fucked up those peace talks. Definitely. I wonder, I wonder what be. party was the well, one who this was was yeah. broke this down is, the peace talks. Yeah, no. Well, well yeah. this is 72 mm-hmm. we're talking about, but mm-hmm. it was Kissinger and Nixon who <laughs> derailed the 68 peace talks. Well, and they were still to... derailing at this time. I mean, this is yeah, what yeah. Kissinger was saying. It's like, well, we need to just show them that we're serious by buying them some more, and they'll agree because the, they were sticking on the issue of reparations for the war, which we all... By the way, 
this didn't fucking work because we agreed to the reparations and just never fucking paid them. Which you know, Jimmy Carter luckily said that hey, there was uh, you know people lost things on both sides. So I don't think we need to talk about reparations oh, cool. anymore. We're good. The Charlottesville. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, there's violence on both sides. I mean, <laughs> look, fifty thousand Americans died. I mean, three million people in China, <laughs> in South, you know, Southeast Asia did, and uh, are still dying. By the way, to this day from yeah. landmines and cluster yeah. bombs and things like that. But you know, why why talk about that when you're busy having fun at a memorial? <laughs> You know, a little Vietnam for War park, a killing right? machine. Yeah, no, that's still killing people to this day. Right. Yeah. Cool. And Air Force history says the bombing called Operation Linebacker Two. Richard Nixon did love football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> killed some sixteen hundred people in those two areas. There's some story. And I don't know if it's actually true that he would call like they called the Dallas Cowboys. I think at halftime and like gave them play oh, he ideas. Definitely did that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, hey, why don't you? It's probably another thing too. Where he's like, oh. Why don't you uh, try and get in the end zone? <laughs> you know, using that famous... <laughs> I'm talking to Henry here. And we, ma- have, we have a brilliant strategy. This is the madman theory of football. <laughs> yeah, you, you score, score more points, points <laughs> yeah. than your opponent. This is the plane yeah. that also was featured in Vietnam anti-war posters. Using photos of a B-52. Uh, and for the listeners, this was before smartphones. So this is <laughs> These are not smartphone photos. 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 These are phone okay. photos. Or not phone photos. These are camera photos. Exa- camera, yes. Uh, dropping its payload of bombs. On May 5th, 1970, some 5,000 demonstrators in Seattle took part in the first anti-war freeway march in American history. Well, that's good for us, I guess. Yeah, weird. Uh, interesting. Why do you think they were using the B-52 dropping bombs in their pictures to... Or in their flyers to symbolize the uh, horrific uh, insanity of the war. I think it's, it's the same reason they're so cool. they're memorializing <laughs> it. I think it's the same reason they're memorializing it here in this city. Because yeah. right? it's, it's, it's so it's cool. From. It's its yeah. hometown. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're just about to learn that. But this is also the region where Boeing is a major military contractor. And it's home to bases that include Naval Air Station Whidbey Island, Fairchild Air Force Base, and Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Jim Farmer, 71 of Bellevue, piloted B-52s. It was a challenge to fly, he says, like driving an old truck that doesn't have power steering. Pretty sluggish. Cool. Driving an old truck over innocent yeah, people. Yeah. It's also like, thanks for the story, Grandpa. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, that, in this analogy, he's like uh, the guy who like drives into crowds. This is exactly like the story you would get from like some old man who like drove a bus in, like, the segregation south, and, like, he's sitting there telling you about, like, you know, it was hard making left turns back then, and you're like, yeah, get to the part about the segregated bus, like, I think you're really leaving out the, the story anybody cares about, like, gives a shit how hard it was to fly. Well, I think you two are being awfully hard on Farmer, and I would like you, I mean, you can talk about the suffering that he helped inflict on other people, but maybe you should think about his suffering. Farmer is tall. Like us. He's 6'2". It was very uncomfortable. It was built to carry a payload. You can't stand up. Can you imagine not being able to stand up? It sounds like nobody's suffered like he has. The only way you can stand up is on the ladder. Wait a minute. So, okay. So, what it sounds like you're saying is... This is the only plane in the entire Air Force where it is possible to stand up. (laughs) Standing up is a typical thing you can do while flying the plane. Well, also, too, like... Never mind, just fuck this guy. Yeah, it was so uncomfortable that unlike 
every other plane we flew, you could fucking walk around in it. Well, you know, like, every, <laughs> every like, concentration camp had the guard that had to look through the window to make sure everybody died in the shower? Could you imagine him just telling you a story, and his takeaway from that time was, like, that window's, like, a little high for me. I'm a little short. I'd be, like, up on my tippy toes. And it could take upwards of 20, 30 minutes for them all to go. Talk about leg cramps, you know? Like, and that's his takeaway, and you're just, like... God, we should kill more of you. <laughs> like, so fucking many more. Oh, yeah. Well, his plane was shot down during that 11-day Christmas bombing. He says he could see a North Vietnamese guided missile changing directions as it was targeting the plane. Hell yeah. That fucking rules. And by the way, the real heroes, obviously the people of Vietnam for resisting the United States and American imperialism. For shooting but also plane. the Soviet workers who created all those beautiful <laughs> fucking missiles to shoot those fucking planes down. All of them, I hope, got awards of the Soviet Union and good for them. They should take Some workers should actually take pride in their work. Yeah. We were fortunate. We weren't on fire. The wings stayed on. We lost all the hydraulic power and electrical power, but the mechanical linkage continued, he remembered. Of the six-man crew, all were rescued that same day, except one man who was not found. Farmer is one of the committee members that saved the B-52 on exhibit. It had languished at Payne Field since 1991, (laughs) towed from one location to another there. So, so... You saved it, so it was owned by Boeing. Hmm. It was sitting very nearby in the giant scrapyard that they call Painfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, and, and it was mobile. Yeah, isn't there like a rusty car in one of those cars movie? It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a long and massive effort by vets that B fifty two G Strato Fortress number nine two five eight four found is new home so that's the second typo i found just repainting cost two hundred thousand dollars and then unbolting the wings and dismantling the plane into four parts and transporting it from everett to the museum cost four hundred thousand dollars says farmer so so boeing so if you add those didn't pay for this then Oh, probably the city did. They probably were like, oh, uh, probably like, what, what money can we take from homeless services? <laughs> just yeah. threw that out. Well, it sounds like they, wrote, they raised money from other dumb vets and like people on the internet and Tom Hanks or something. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's like troop worshiper in chief in this country. Oh, but, um, fuck. But Bo- Boeing's like, this is at their, on their property down there at their Museum of Flight. It's at the Museum of Flight. Right. Like, yeah. they're, again, like, they're put all. I don't know. Well, I love to see the idea that Boeing couldn't, like, you know, shell out 600 grand. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it's fucking rules. Like, yeah. For Which their means. own thing that they charge admission to. Yeah. Like, this is called a memorial park, but, I mean, maybe, maybe it'll, this'll be just, maybe this is along the road, it's open to the public, I don't know. But, I mean, it's at the Museum of Flight, so most of that is... I don't know, I can't wait to go memorialize the good deeds in, in Vietnam. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we should take a field trip. But we do need to go get seven thirty seven. I know. Hats. I've been. We need seven thirty seven swag for mm-hmm. next for next episode. Uh, hopefully, I'll have those. We we'll probably find like uh, you know Goodwill or one of these where they some place where they can dump like clothes, just some seven thirty seven max swag. Well, there's gonna know? there's gonna be a Dumped. photo of like African kids <laughs> oh, like seven thirty seven max hats. Yeah. We need to get yeah. those. We need to write. We need to write Hell somebody yes. and get those. Yeah. Uh, so here's where farmer 
fucking just jumps over us like Vince Carter and dunks on our face. <laughs> he says he sees a bit of irony in number 92584, now nicknamed Midnight Express, finding a home in Seattle. Progressives, they wouldn't be able to be as active as they are if it wasn't for the military, says Farmer. I love that conservatives always say this. And I love that nobody ever asked them, what thing do you think the military has done that has guaranteed anybody anything in the no, United but States? Get, like he this. doesn't even, he didn't even say, what does he even say? What is it? Don't they worry. Progressives wouldn't be able to be as active. Oh, he's talking about jogging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think like so. Keeping, yeah. Mo- get, keeping, mm. you know, keeping mobile yeah. in your old age, I well, guess. I'll, like, t- I'll tell you a funny story. So in 2003... In Lubbock, Texas, right? Uh, we can do a little digression from Seattle. Uh, they they had they literally had a fucking pro war rally oh, <laughs> because no. we had been doing anti war stuff. So they yeah. had a they said some radio show, probably Jason Rance, had a giant <laughs> fucking pro war rally. And I remember, you know, being somewhat conned into this idea of we should go in silent protest. So like, there's twenty of us on the outskirts of this field, meekly sitting with our signs, and maybe, like, two or three hundred people at this pro-war rally, and we have, like, 50 cops all staring at us. <laughs> like, oh, and I just remember the guy on stage, uh, there was a guy who was, like, the leader of the anti-war group in Lubbock, there was this guy named Trevor Smith, who was in, uh, who would be in the paper a lot. And the real problem with Trevor was that he had a red beard and red hair and was from the Midwest and looked fucking exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy, the radio guy, starts shouting on stage. He was like, you know, in those fucking anti-war protesters over there, if this was Saddam Hussein's Iraq, we could go over and kill those people. And everybody, huge applause. Huge applause. Like, people like Trevor Smith. And, and Trevor, by the way, is gone. I'm there. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. Dude, I just shaved. <laughs> so like, what he's saying is, I would love to live in a place like Saddam Hussein Iraq. Exactly. Where I could <laughs> fucking... Oh, God. Absolute punchline. Huge applause line for, we should go over and kill those guys. And then he's like, oh, but there's America where people can, you know, have the right to say whatever. Oh, yeah. And, like, every gets dies. Like, the crowd <laughs> dies. Like, just dies. And he's like, oh. And then he just goes, because the military. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some fucking Mad Libs. Yeah, like. fucking rolled. Fucking rolled. Wow. Well, uh, to your point, Greg, Eric is going to follow up on this and really get to the bottom of um, the statement from Farmer. But that's for another day. <laughs> oh, on Saturday oh, at fuck the yes. Memorial, fuck it yes. was a time when the vets surrounded Jim Mattis. The general seemed at home. Got it. That that was extremely poorly written, uh, Eric. That's the only problem we had with you. That. Suck, man. Yeah. You retire. Yeah, that that was <laughs> fucking awful. And uh, anybody who's but also the, what yeah. he was covering is awful too. Yeah. Well, yeah. but oh no, no, the article was awful because of what it covered. I think it's generous to say he was covering it, but uh, yeah, yeah. What little blurb he had. Well, and, you know, and for people who think that we're being too mean on the uh, to the Vietnam vets, you know, uh, 
Go read Marilyn Young's The Vietnam Wars. And then, go treat yourself. Usually when you're in a good mood, having maybe a nice sunny day, go read Nick Terse's Kill Everything That Moves, which is literally a, just a blow-by-blow of every war crime in Vietnam. So, just the, just enjoy that little treat. The greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feel good about yourself reading that, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not about, like... Yeah. Look, um... It is about... Yeah, fuck these people who thought it was cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, these guys who are there, like, at this thing, not going, fuck this war, like plenty of vets did. Yeah. But saying, yeah, this rules. Oh. And again, I mean, imagine... <laughs> imagine this thing that definitely doesn't happen. <laughs> but imagine, like, World War II, like, German vets, like, just being like, hey, let's not talk about the cause of the war what we did. I mean, let's just <laughs> celebrate the, you know, veterans being veterans, right? It's like... Oh, like, you know. <laughs> Fuck. That was grim. That was some grim shit. Yeah, cool. Thank you for sharing that with me, Eric. God, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, and with that, with that rosy um, recounting, I think, I think we're done here. But we have some patrons to thank. You guys <laughs> yes. ready? Yes. Okay, so... We have some people... Some names to associate with our calls for, for, for violence murder, against the troops. The murder uh, of the troops. <laughs> which and South, elderly men. Southeast Asian slurs that I will probably cut out. Now <laughs> uh, uh, let's just um, be clear that um, we're talking about, you know, judicial murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not like Obama. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> So, our first new patron uh, is Alan Codd, who, Brian, you said, is one of your best buds from... Oh, San Antonio, what's up, Chewy? Uh, anybody that's down San Antonio, uh, go to his bar. His name is escaping me right now. Faust, go to Faust, it rules. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for supporting the show. And Bren Krokauer, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, if you want to be cool like them... Go on Patreon. There are a, a growing number of a movement B fifty two like episodes that we deploy strategically <laughs> <laughs> to win your hard earned dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, every anti episode you hear in here, there's a pro episode. We take the other <laughs> side. That's the Patreon yeah. episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're a longtime fan, you know we're actually very similar to Katie Herzog. Yeah. Um, so with that, I think unless either of you two have any final final words, uh, what jobs you might take in Amazon Kid Town. Or, uh... I, you know, I just look forward to the icy grip of death. <laughs> well, uh, there's a B-52 waiting for you. Thank uh, God. Drop me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.